Welcome, Welcome to Education, to Education Lane. Lane with your host, Targan, the podcast that helps you break this education thing on down. Let's talk about our topic, our intro show today. So I am a mother to two wonderful daughters. One is six and the other is 11. And we've had an amazing journey thus far with our schooling. So I wanted to put out some information to other mothers who are out there like myself, who are looking for resources, who may not really know where to start, um, or even two who are thinking about doing different things for their children's education. So Without further ado, <laughs> ado uh, I'm going to talk about um, kind of my experience first, and then we'll kind of go on from there, if that's okay. Sound good? Sound good. Okay. okay. Sounds good. So first off, uh, I was a, or I have been, let me put it that way, a homeschool mom. I've been a public school mom, I've been a charter school mom, and I've also worked in the schools as a substitute teacher. So you kind of get to see from a different light the education system. So let me talk about our very first school experience. So my 11-year-old, when she came into the school system, um, of course she first started in a preschool. So she went to a preschool that was actually pretty pretty cool. It was a church-affiliated school. And a lot of times, you know, that's what parents are seeing out there. To put their kids in different preschools, it's church-affiliated. Um, in our area that we lived, which we actually live in Florida at the time, uh, when we moved to our first city, because we were also a military family. See, I just a jack of so many different trades, just a whole lot of things going on with me, um, with our family. So you're going to get to learn that and know that as time goes on. But back to schooling. So when we came to our city of Jacksonville, our last duty station, my daughter actually went to a a, um, church-affiliated school. And the school was predominantly Caucasian, I'll say white, uh, and Indian. So she was the only African-American child there in the school. Now, if you are a mother like myself who loves cultural diversity, I was kind of like, meh. I don't know about this one. I kind of want a little more diversity here. But um, never, nevertheless, she did well. She thrived in the school. It was amazing. So that shouldn't be something to say, oh, if there's no other kids like you, um, it's going to be a bad thing. It's just from a cultural perspective, we all want to be represented and have people, more people, you know, that we can interact with that do look like us. That's what it really comes down to. But in that instance, she did well. She thrived. She did good. So now we go on to VB, VPK, which is a thing uh, in Florida, where it's kind of like a primary um, voluntary uh, school for four-year-olds where they go and they teach them kind of like all the things they need to know before they go off into kindergarten. So she went into VPK at a daycare center. It was like a child care facility. And um, VPK in Florida is actually free, um, but you have paid options as well if you don't want your kids to go, you know, every single day. But if you're using... Um, the free service through the government, through the state, then it's something where the kids have to attend every day. So she went to that um, at the child care facility and they were very loving. It was awesome. They, you know, it was a great establishment. Again, that was in Jacksonville and she did really well there as well. You know, her teacher was amazing, you know, and she was kind of one of those kids that stood out and she just did really well. So I was very proud of her. And I've always been that type of parent that has made sure that I have my hand on the pulse of what's going on with education. Because I'm telling you, peoples, if you don't care about your kids and their education, nobody else will. 
All right, you have to get in to know what's going on. I say that again, you have to get in to know what is going on. Because for all we think every day, these kids, your teachers are teaching them to the best of their ability and they're getting all this wonderful education and they are moving, they are shaking and they're doing all these amazing things and that's not what's happening, okay? (laughs) We'll talk more about that later on. But anyway, so we're at VPK um, and she does wonderful. She graduates, moves on from there. So now... We purchase a home and we're thinking, hey, let's put her into the public school because that's the the route that a lot of people, parents take. Let's put them into public school. So we went on ahead and put her into the public school, which is top rated. And now another thing about the state of Florida, they rate their schools on letter grades. So you got A through F. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory. You're going to know. If you're A school, you're supposed to be the top. You are doing it. If you are F, that's jank. That's janky. Meaning your kids ain't learning nothing, okay? <laughs> but needless to say, yes, she was at an A school. Because we're like, yes, you're going to be in the A school. And it's supposed to be creme de la creme. It's supposed to be at the top, right? So went to the school. I must say, you know, my daughter, she is one of those who she is always doing her thing. and does very well. And um, she did well. She did well. She, you know, she was doing her art thing. They had Chinese um, that they taught in the school and, you know, the different programs and things like that. She did well. She did well. I wasn't fully impressed with the curriculum of how things were going, but she did well. She did well. And then um, I was actually on the SAC committee, which um, is an organization. Uh, I'm trying to think of the letters. What does SAC stand for? What does SAC stand for? Something Advisory Council. I can't remember the S right now. Hmm, I'm going to have to look that up. But the SAC committee. Parents who know, who kids are in the public school, SAC is one of those things where you get with the principal, you have the parents that come together, and you guys get to kind of see the workings of how the school works um, from the principal's side. Because the principal's in there and telling you about, you know, with budgets and what they had to cut, what they have to add, things that they're looking at getting, um, stuff like that. So that's the SAC committee is really on the nuts and bolts of that. Now with... Um, the PTA, because on public school, it's more PTA, Parent Teacher Association. I was a part of that as well. So being there with the parent side, seeing what they're doing, what they have going on, what they're trying to help the school accomplish, get what goals they have for the children, all those good things like that. I was a part of that as well, because again, you have to get in to know what's going on, right? So went ahead, was a part of that, but I just wasn't, it wasn't sitting well with me. And I was also too, kind of just a handful of minority who came out to these programs. I think if you have a school for like 800 kids, but you only have like 15 parents show up for these things, it makes you kind of feel like, man, come on, we have to get more involved in our kids' education. We want so many great things for them. But if we're not coming out to support, coming out to see, know, and find out what's going on behind the scenes, how are we going to be productive to help our kids or to help these schools? Riddle me that. Let me ask you that one. Somebody tell me. Come tell me. Write me. Let me know. How are we going to be better if we don't do better? Hmm. But so we go on. We get past kindergarten and a new charter school is getting ready to open up in town. So I'm thinking, hmm, you know what? 
maybe we should go with the charter school. It's supposed to be brand new. It's going to have all this state-of-the-art stuff going on. It's supposed to be really great. Let's give it a try. So I talked to my husband about it, and we're like, okay, hmm, how, why not? Because I don't know if the first grade's going to be better than kindergarten as far as from the instructional standpoint, but let's give it a try. So we go ahead, we get into the charter school with the lottery system. Luckily enough, we got picked, um, which we were active duty at that time. And for those of you who are come from military families, if your uh, spouse, male or female, is active duty, you have better chances on getting into these schools that are either magnet schools or charter schools and things like that. Kind of like a preference thing. Not saying everybody gets in, but it helps you, which is a good thing, right? So... We get into the charter school for first grade, and um, it was good. <laughs> I guess it was good. The teacher was good, but again, we had some little issues with race. Um, I actually had an incident where my daughter came home one day, and she said, the little girl told her, I can't be friends with you because of the color of your skin. Are you kidding me? Is this 20? Nine, whatever, 17, 16, 15, 14, we got 21, 0 and on. Should we still be saying this nonsense? But anyways, you know what? You have to adapt. You have to know how to teach your children to respond. And she came home and she told me. And you know what? I went right up there to that school and I said, excuse me, um, this is what happened. And we need to go ahead and rectify this because this is not going to be the norm for the classroom for my daughter. So, of course, she talked to the whole class. She talked to the child, you know, and those are the types of things that you're going to encounter. Um, so you have to, again, being as parents, we have to be proactive. We have to advocate for our children. We have to make sure that they know they are worthy. They are beautiful. They are wonderful. And their brains are way too big for them not to use them. Okay? So we went on head, got through the first grade, and then she gets recommended for second grade. Um being in a Cambridge level class, which is kind of like, you know, these kids are, are doing some things where we think we want to kind of push them up, but it's not like we can put them into the next grade level. So she was in there and she was rocking and rolling. I mean, we're doing PowerPoints every week in class. We are, um, like teaching at the grade level above. I mean, they're working on computers, um, putting together presentations. Um, it, it was just, it was amazing. It was awesome. Awesome. And I loved it. But when we get to third grade, uh, we start going backwards because she wasn't in Cambridge anymore. She was um, in the regular third grade classroom. Um, yeah, we go from spelling words like proclamation in second grade to blue in third grade. Okay, now, um, I don't know about you, but blue and proclamation, that's on two different ends of the spectrum. So that wasn't cool. That was pretty janky. And uh, I try to express my concerns to the teacher. Um, at this point, I was actually the, well, I think I was the vice president of the PTC. Now, in charter school, it's PTC, which is parent-teacher co-op, as to PTA, which was in public school. But I made sure my presence was known. I was there. I would help. I'd volunteer. We'd put together events, all those different types of things. But I'm like, what? No, this third grade, this ain't going to cut it. Uh-uh. We need to um, be doing a little bit better than this. But when I expressed my concerns to the teacher, she's like, oh, um, well, I can give her more homework on top of the work that she has to do for the third grade level. I'm like, what third grader wants to do double the work? Are you serious? Come on. Okay, well, um, that ain't going to work. So um, 
she was struggling also too with math. And I'm like, hey, how come I haven't talked to the math teacher? He hasn't reached out to me. I'm trying to contact him. What's going on? Nobody's getting in contact with me. This is crazy. And the, the person who's um, suffering through all of this is my daughter, of course, right? So I'm like, okay, um, let's have a conference. So we go in, we sit down with the teacher, we have a conference with her, we have a conference with the teacher who, you know, because they do the split level thing where like one teacher will teach science and math and another teacher will teach like the English and language arts or whatnot. And the math teacher, he's like, oh, yeah, um, do I, do I have your phone number? Oh, yeah, yeah, I noticed she's struggling. Um, yeah, yeah, she's been having a hard time. But, oh, what are we doing about this? Hello? Are, are we having after-school tutorings? Are we sending something, a note home saying, hey, we should try to get her some extra help? Um, are, are you aware of her dropping her math? I mean, I don't understand how we go from second grade at this one level to all of a sudden we're, like, at the bottom with math this next. It, it just didn't make sense to me so but again we have to be advocates for our children right we have to make sure because if we don't care nobody else is going to care as much as us so that was kind of my tipping point to say you know what and that was like christmas break um yeah i don't think we can continue with this 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 is not gonna work and i'll tell you real quick you know what happened i had met a friend of hers her the parents at a birthday party at the beginning of the school year and they were both in the cambridge class together the year before and their child is the same thing he's reading chapter books i mean like harry potter in second grade to then now third grade it's just a total regression and they're like what this is crazy so she came home right before christmas break he had given her a pencil pouch as like a little gift like hey i'll see you later and she's like oh you're giving it's like, yeah, I'm going to a new school. And I'm like, you know what? We had a conversation at the birthday party at the beginning of the year on how we weren't pleased with what was going on in the third grade. And sure enough, they pulled him out right before Christmas, I mean, at Christmas break. And that was after my conference with the teachers. It was kind of like that was my point to say, you know what? You're done. Uh-uh. We ain't we going we are not going to allow you to finish out the year in this situation because the only one that's getting hurt is you, you know. So I took her out and that's when I was like, hey, it's homeschool time. <laughs> we going to be homeschooling now. And um, we started homeschooling and it was one of those things where it was like, you know, this is the option that I have right now. This is what I'm going to make do. This is what I'm going to figure out. This is um, our new life now. And um, I started putting together curriculums. I mean, anybody can go out and purchase curriculums. And that's the wonderful thing. A lot of people are scared of homeschool. They're like, I can't do this or I don't want to be with my kids all day or I'm not sure how I'm going to uh, uh, do this. And it just seems so difficult or, or who has to come and check their stuff or where do I have to turn these things in to prove that, honey, it is not all of that. You are your child's everything. You give them what they need. You know how they work, how they operate. You know what they love. You know what they dislike. Now you as a parent just has to figure out the way how to give it to them. But making it a, a process where everybody wins, if that makes sense, where everybody wins. So if you know that your child struggles with math like my daughter does, now I have to find how can I make this fun for you? Not where you're sitting in a classroom and you're just going through it, whether you got it or you don't. And I have to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving because the next thing is coming up and we have a test next week and we have, no, no, no. And homeschool, we can slow it down to your pace. If you work better with your hands, let's go measure it out. If you work better with pictures, let's draw something and make it fun into what it is that you like. 
There's not the pressures, but we put pressure on ourselves as parents. Like it has to be this certain way or we have to do it the way we saw we or we think it's supposed to be like from school. No, the beauty of homeschooling is you can take your time and you can allow your child to develop and bloom from their method that works best for them, for them to get what they need. And that's what I did. And we did it for two amazing years. Um, it was awesome. I mean, I literally, I think I would go back to homeschooling if I could. The only reason I had to put my kids back into school literally four months ago. And the only reason I did that is because I started going to school myself. And I'm like, and I, I know there's parents out there who have jobs. I mean, they, they're doing their thing and they still homeschool their kids. There's nothing saying you can't homeschool your kid at night. There's nothing saying you can't homeschool your kid in the morning or in the, on the weekends. Or Again, the beauty of homeschool. Do what works for you because you're giving to your children what you believe they need at the pace that they need. Hey, if you have to go two levels above because that's what they handle, guess what? You can do that. If you have to slow it down and go a grade behind because they're not ready yet, guess what? You can do that. And that's the beauty, again, of homeschooling. But as I said, we're going to go forward. I had to put them back in school because I started going to school. And my workload for my school and researching, doing all the things that I had to do, was not going to jive. It, it, was, it wouldn't be fair to my kids. So that's why I did that. Now, as I look at the school that we're in, <clears throat> baby, I'm trying. We're going to make it through this school year. <laughs> and, you know, and we're going to do our thing. And we'll see when the summer comes if I'm going to go, if we're going to go back to that life. You know, there was a point where we were actually travel schoolers, where we traveled around the world and we were schooling on the go. Okay. And wherever we were, we were learning, we were exploring, we were taking everything in and learning about our area at the same time, getting that math in at the same time, getting the English in spelling, vocabulary, all the things that we know that we needed. But guess what? We also got to learn about a flower in Hawaii. Or we got to learn about Polynesian culture. Or we got to learn about Charleston and all the things that happened with the, 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 the with slavery. And we got to learn about D.C. and the beauty of, of the monuments. And we got to learn about New York City and riding on the ferry past the uh, Statue of Liberty every day. So, I mean, the beauty of travel schooling was you learned in the element on the go, and it was amazing. And they loved it, too. And I know they would go back to it if they could. They had to actually say it, too. Like, can we go back to homeschooling? But, you know, it's not the time for it right now. But like I said, we're going to make it through and see where we're at come this summer. But, um, but yeah, so... It's just, it's one of those things, being able to look from those various angles, and I didn't even talk about me being a substitute, you know, actually working in the schools and seeing what these kids are going through, um, whether they're actually getting what it is you think they're getting when they go out to school every morning, or whether it's... Uh, uh, the teacher doesn't have enough books for them, so they have to look at it, the, the information through their phones. Or they're just on their phone sitting in the classroom, and the teacher's like, well, if y'all don't care, I don't care. I mean, it's ridiculous. The system right now is so broken, and I could do a whole nother show on that. As a matter of fact, I probably will, but we won't talk about that today. But I just wanted to tell you my background, my story, so you know when I'm talking about this topic, I'm coming from 
four different rooftop <laughs> angles I'm looking down and you know I have the experience in that so so I'm not talking from just space it's it's actually living it going through it and and knowing what we had to do to to make it work so um yeah that's that's it that's where I will end today um I look forward to hearing your journeys and the things that you guys have you know experienced you know which type of parent are you are you the charter school mom are you the homeschool mom are you the one thinking about you're the public school mom who's thinking about going to be a homeschool mom you know there's so many different ways we can we can look at this but the whole thing is we have to look at it because the state of education right now is not where it needs to be. I mean, it, it's just mind boggling when you sit and look at some of these things from the 1800s, the early 1900s. I mean, look at the beautiful handwriting of something like the Constitution. Nobody writes like that today. When you think of the beauty of some of these buildings, the architecture, you're like, man, these kids, they can't even put two and two together before they're going to have the, the, the thought to make something like like the, the, the architecture of, of, I don't even, I, the thing that comes to my head right now is like when we were in uh, New York and you just look at Wall Street and you see some of these buildings and you're like, wow, this is amazing. This was from the 1800s. It's like we're going backwards, like we're dumbing down stuff so much. But you think of where we came from, how intelligent and how much joy and precision they put into the stuff that they did back in the day. I mean, how can inventors, some of our famous African-American inventors have 19, 30, 25 patents? And you tell some kid now, fold your clothes. They're like, I don't want to fold them. I'm tired. Are you kidding me? It's just we have to come back to a point where we can feel proud of where we are in education. And if we don't advocate and do it ourselves, nobody's going to care as much as you do about your child's education. We can't shy away from taking it on and figuring out how we're going to do it. Because if we don't, nobody else will. I hope you've enjoyed our topic today. I hope you, you know, got a good understanding. And like I said, I'm multifaceted. I have so many different things to speak on. I look forward to speaking on them. But my focus now is really that whole being a parent in the the education world and how we're going to navigate this to make it better for us and our children. All right, this has been Targan Way Jones, your host. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation and I look forward, can't wait to get back to you soon. So catch me doing something. <laughs>